Gene and Roger is the story of the two most powerful, influential movie critics of their time, Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert. You can find Gene and Roger on the Big Picture feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Here's a quick trailer. It seemed like a crazy idea for a TV show. Take two rivals and let them duke it out about movies. But Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert quickly became the most popular film critics in the country. Millions of viewers tuned in to see whether they vote thumbs up or thumbs down. This is the story of two unlikely superstars who changed the way we argue. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Brian Raftery, and this is Gene and Roger. Listen on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. First battle season one champion, Mike Long. The king of sad stop. The Silver Lake heartthrob. It's Troy Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. This is your real WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Gufaraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening. You're listening to this. You're listening to. You are listening to. You're listening. You're listening. listening. You're listening to the Masked Man Show. 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 Welcome to the Masked Man Show with Kaz. Not just with Kaz, with Kaz live. In stereo, in the same place. At the same time, it's it's nuts to people that probably listen to the show to realize this is the first time we've ever done this in person. It's so crazy. <laughs> uh, it's great to be here with you. It's great to be back with our, you know, family, yeah. wrestling nerds family. Yeah. And it's great to be part of this new uh, Ringer Wrestling Show thing. Um, you guys saw the press release probably, but uh, Ringer and Spotify are teaming up with WWE for some podcast content. There's a lot of announcements on the way about that. Um, but what you're listening to right now is the Masked Man Show, which will not change uh, editorially or otherwise. So for everybody who's been in the mentions, saying like, so you guys are never going to talk about other companies again? It's like, 
reading is fundamental. Like the show is going to stay the same. <laughs> yeah, for all it's you guys just... that were saying we're never going to talk about other companies, I've never heard of any other wrestling companies besides <laughs> WWE. So I don't know what you're talking. No, I'm just kidding. Everything here is going to stay the same. We're going to talk about, um, you know, AEW and and probably probably going to be guilted into talking about a whole lot more. Um, the only thing that's going to change around here uh, is that this podcast feed is now bigger than just this podcast. Um, you might have noticed that Ariel Helwani, the man, the oh, myth, the man. legend, already dropped a podcast on guy. it. He's going to be popping in from not from time to time. Fellow Knicks fan, by the way. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, my gosh. So it goes super hard for the Knicks. That's how uh, we connect. Yeah, you, you, you can say that so proudly now after like <laughs> after 20 years, years of bullshit. But the, um, and then Ariel Helwani and also Evan Mack, who you definitely know from The Bump, um, he's now doing a weekly podcast for us called Mac Mania. It's probably already on this feed, the first episode. Uh, you got to check it out. He's interviewing Damian Priest. He's going to be back tomorrow. We're going to be back tomorrow. Um, we'll be uh, Evan and I are definitely going to be doing a green room thing uh, on green room after the event on Saturday. We got a lot of stuff cooking. So check our Twitter feeds and everything else and just enjoy these podcasts. But we, we, Kaz, you and me, yes, have quite a big guest coming up. We have an incredible guest, and uh, I think a, a no more fitting guest. You know what I'm saying? Like a guy that I got to work with a lot in my time yeah. here at WWE. Um, a guy who I've openly championed here as as should have been in been a heavyweight champion long before he has. But Bobby Lashley, the Almighty WWE World Champion, is joining us on the show today. I got to tell you, uh, you know, I don't know how much I can really, I mean, how much it's even possible to explain what it's like to sit across from Bobby Lashley. But <laughs> for all you, I mean, listen, guys, it's crazy. I mean, seeing wrestlers in person is always crazy. Seeing guys and gals, people you see on TV, I mean, we're, we're grown men now. Right. But they're still superheroes to us. You know, they're yeah. still like larger than life. Um, so it's always wild. And these, these weekends always are just like, just you have chills up your spine the whole time. But Bobby Lashley is on another level. Because he really is, he's like... I know he spent like at least three racks on his outfit. <laughs> at least, that Just on that shirt alone, you know what I mean? Like, they, he came in looking like, ah, this dude is, you're the champ, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, yeah. it's more than just like, oh man, like wrestlers just are already physically imposing, but you're the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. He carries like, himself are, you, like a champion. He carries himself like... He just feel, he has the cool of yes. a man who has done... Everything he wanted to do, uh, and I mean, obviously he still has more to do. But that's—I mean—he's just, oh man, what 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 a presence! He's the part, bro. <laughs> he fits the part. So it was really cool to talk to him, and can't wait for you guys to check it out. So without further ado, here's the Almighty Bobby Lashley. Welcome to the Mask Man Show, part of the Ringer Wrestling Show, which is part of the Spotify WWE yeah. Expanded Universe. Ching, I'm here. Ching. <laughs> uh, we're joined right now by, well, the man. Yeah. By by Bobby Lashley. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The almighty, the almighty WWE World Champion, I was, I was Bobby calm Lashley. Now I See, I got you. I got you, bro. <laughs> right before we hit record... 
Lashley was telling us that he was feeling ganged up on. It's two against one. I was reading over your Wikipedia page today, and there's frankly a shocking number of handicap matches uh, <laughs> on your amongst your highlights. So this shouldn't be that unusual for you. Not at all. Not at all. What is, what is it about you that they just say put him in the ring with three other people? Like what? <laughs> when they put me in, in against one guy, it almost seems like it's um it's a disadvantage to them. Right. So they so they add another guy in there, and then they add another guy in there. I think I had as much as. Four guys at one time. Yeah, that sounds bad. That, that sounds crazy, but <laughs> I understand where you're coming from. I know what you meant. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, that's just it. I mean, it's the wrestling business is evolving. Um, there's a lot of smaller guys coming in. There's um, not as tough guys coming in. So yeah. we'll see. There was a, a there was a discussion on how to set this up because, funny enough, as we announced the deal with Spotify and Ringer and WWE and everything, this is our first time being in the room doing this show. First time Kaz and I have been together, yeah. Right. So we're sitting here like, all right, do we do we have all the chairs here and whatever? <laughs> and put in a circle. And Bobby said he felt ganged up on, and I never want to be on Bobby's bad side. So I was like, all right, let's make sure this man is comfortable. It's a hard formation. If I had MVP here, it'd be okay. <laughs> I'd feel I've been protected a little bit more. <laughs> oh, shout out MVP, man. Love that guy, bro. Yes, but sir. yo, it's SummerSlam weekend, brother. Yeah. Get the world champ. Yes. You know, you're going against a Hall of Famer. I mean, we, we're going to get to a whole bunch of yeah. stuff, but you're in the marquee match, one of the marquee matches of the weekend. About 50,000 people waiting for you in Las Vegas, yeah. the Allegiant Stadium, bro. You're taking on a Hall of Famer, a guy that, you know, I watched your Instagram post the other day, <laughs> and you were saying how there's certain matches that, you know, you... You've had you've had in your mind for years, of course, for years, and now that it's here, you're going up against Goldberg, the legend. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, like, and you know, we all we all, we always talk about it on the show. I don't like a pay per view without a good old meat fest. So big meaty <laughs> men just beating the hell out of each other. It's like Goldberg Lashley. I'm like, yep, sign me up for that, bro. But how how are you feeling this weekend, man? This has got to be got to be huge. For um, it is, it is. You know what I was. I wouldn't worked out yesterday. Um, Iris, Iris Kyle, she's a multiple time Miss Olympia. I went to her gym yesterday and it was incredible. She was kind of fine tuning me a little bit. It kind of like opened up my eyes a little bit. But we started talking about a lot of different things. And the one question one of them asked me yesterday they said, When you were younger, did you ever imagine yourself? headlining and we were driving by the Allegiant <laughs> Stadium and it all kind of like dawned on me. It's 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 huge, man. Yeah. Um as the champ. Yeah. Like you're not going there as a challenger. Like you like you're going there with the prize. With the prize. And this entire thing. And you Goldberg. got a dude who whose legend precedes himself. Yeah. Who's coming back just just for what you got. That's got to be crazy. It's huge. It's huge. But man, I tell you what, I feel like a million bucks right now. You look uh, it. And and I keep saying <laughs> it. And you know, the years go by because I just had another birthday. And um, birthday. when I went through, thank you. When don't I like a day past 20? Nah, <laughs> 24, 24, 25, somewhere in there. I stopped, I stopped counting. <laughs> but I, I saw I, the ECW photo. <laughs> I was like, was that taking last week or yesterday? I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the one thing I did tell, I told my workout partners, the guys that I train with, I say, and this is what I did when I fought MMA. You know, when those guys uh, kind of go over the hill and they're, and they're still in the room, still trying to like swing and still trying to fight and it starts getting sad. I told him, I said, man, if you ever see me slowing down in the weight room anywhere, mm. talk to me. Because a lot of times as athletes, we don't know. We just want to keep going and keep going and You're keep going. You're the last one to know. We all, yeah, we always say, <laughs> I, still, I still got one more. I still got one more. And then it starts getting bad. But I can honestly say, I can honestly say that everything feels good right now on me. I mean, I had some bumps and bruises, you know, last year with my shoulder and, and my elbow a little bit, but... 
knees feel great. And those are the first things that kind of go. My hips feel great. My back feels great. I feel really good. I mean, I'm, I'm doing great, great in the weight room. Um, my cardio is good. Everything's good, man. I'm on, I'm on the top of the world right now. I feel yeah, great. You, so you look like a million bucks, bro. I don't even want to. I don't even want to mention the, the the fly shirt and glasses that he got on right now, folks. I'm it's sure Vegas. We got, we got some great camera work here. So if you if you see it on the socials, then you can see how how Bobby's looking right now. Looking very wealthy, very wealthy. You're right that the ECW photos. You say you feel great. You look you look great. You look the same. I mean, you look like if better than you've ever looked, probably. But so I, I don't want to date you too much. But it was 2005 that you had your first televised match in WWE. Against none other than Simon Dean. Simon Dean. Who is probably not even the legend that he should be. You know, I love Simon Dean. But yeah. what do you remember about that? Talking about like you didn't know, you couldn't imagine ever being here, but could you even imagine that you, when you were there at that time? Like, how, what, what did that feel like? Yeah, man, my life has been a whole bunch of just like, just go and then, and then make it happen when you get there. So when I went to OVW, Simon Dean was one of the trainers. So, and he was kind of hard on people, man. He had the experience and the new guys coming in that didn't know anything. So he was kind of hard on us a little bit, but he was, he was cool. Simon Dean was always super cool. And so when I came on the road, I just came on the road because they just wanted me to do some house shows. So I was working like Jimmy Yang and a couple other guys in there. So I didn't know I was going to be debuting the day that I, would, I debuted. I didn't know. I had no clue. And then, and then the first person that I ran with was Simon Dean, which was, it kind of relieved a little bit of the tension. Like I wasn't as nervous going in there with my former trainer. And um, just him putting together the matches and working with him, it was, it was super easy. But when I got up there, it was kind of one of those deals where the first time when I came out on live TV, it was like eyes open. It was like, wow, this is this is a lot. And I never really had a chance to just sit back. There's been times in my career where I sat back and I was like, man, I got to take all this in because it happened so fast. Wrestling is a business where every week we're going and going and going. I'm, I remember we were working together not too yeah. long ago and it seemed like just yesterday, but it, it was what, two years ago, yeah, was it? it was two years ago. Me, it, you and Leo, man. Yeah, Leo running, Rush. Running I love that guy. But um, everything goes so fast in this business that, you know, when it goes like when I won the title, I won it one day and then that was several months later and I'm, I still have it. And, and Goldberg matchups come in, you know, everybody's talked about some of the other people that could be coming back and all the matchups that I have going forward. And then WrestleMania and, and Survivor Series, we already started planting the seed on Roman picking a team and me mm -hmm. picking a team and seeing what we can have <laughs> SmackDown against Raw. Um, so everything just goes so fast that I think um, when I'm done with everything, I'm going to sit back and say, wow, wow, I did a lot. Bobby, you're, lot. In, you're in elite company, man. There's not a lot of folks that, have went into WrestleMania as champ, left as champ, yeah. going into SummerSlam as champ, has an opportunity to leave as champ. Leaving as a you know, champ. I, I, hey, I don't want, I, <laughs> I want Goldberg to come at me, bro. So you said that. I the mean, Vegas betting odds are on my side. <laughs> but I mean, let's talk about just, you know, you, you mentioned you debuted in 2005. And obviously you said, you know, this, you got to soak it in because it's not, it wasn't linear. You know what I'm saying? Like you had your moment here, you left for a while, kind of got your teeth cut around the world, came back, different dude. You know what I'm saying? We had our, our time together and you know what I'm saying? And, and now with, with everything you've accomplished so far, what's been the one thing that kind of like, I don't want to say flip a switch, but I feel like something had to have happened for you to be like, you know what, like, it's cool to be here. A lot of people like being in WWE and making it here, but you always had your sights set on things like this, like leaving WrestleMania's champion, headlining SummerSlam, being the world champ, you know, like, 
what was it for you that really like made that decision for you? You know, I think I think I had that decision a long time ago. Somebody asked me before, when did I think that I was going to be a world champion? And I said, as a kid, really. I mean, I work too damn hard. I really do. That's one thing that I can't lie about. I mean, the testament's there every morning, every day. I, I'm so regimented with a lot of things that I do that it's inevitable. And when I have talks, when I go and talk to kids at different schools and stuff like that, I tell them the same thing. I'm like, if you if you put in the work, it is inevitable. You will make it to the top, no doubt about it. So I can't be saying those things and not, not believe it in myself. So that was just one thing that I always did is I just worked. I've been, I'm a workhorse. I was there a moment been. like when, when, you know, when you were, maybe was it, was it the Hurt Business? Was it linking up with MVP? Like when was the moment where, you know, you, you saw that rocket starting to really take off? It was, it was when we, when we started the Hurt Business. Um, but the Hurt Business was originally just me and MVP because MVP came back and, um, and he just, he had that one match because Ray actually got him in. Ray Mysterio got him in because MVP has a younger son and his son never seen him wrestle. So he's like, man, I really want my son to see me on that main stage. So Ray got him in there. He got into Royal Rumble and then that was it. That's all he was supposed to do. And I kept telling him, I was like, Pete, we got to, let's do something. And there was a character that I wanted to do, but I don't think it would have been good for me. It was a character that I thought was cool, but I was like, man, that's him. And I said, the character was a mix between, if you can think of the, these characters, um, Don King, <laughs> the manager of Don King, yeah. the rock and the players and Suge Knight. Okay. If you take all those guys and roll them into one character, that's MVP. MVP yeah. <laughs> so I said, <laughs> I said, let's start this. And I said, let me, let me go. And then we, the Hurt Business was mainly just our old school. And we first came in in 2005, 2006. We had like the JBLs. We had like the um, Booker T's in there, um, Big Show, Undertaker, Hardcore Holly, Regal. All those guys were a little tougher, you know, and that's what it was about. That's what the wrestling business was about. You had to go in there ready to fight and defend yourself. And um, that's how it was then. And now it's different. So we kind of wanted to bring kind of that old school flavor back to today. And and that's what we were doing and bring some of the young guys. Like we brought Cedric in. We were told Cedric is amazing flips. He could do everything. But we were like, nah, don't do any of that. We're talking about just beating people up and beating them down. And the crowd really got to it. The first day we walked down that ramp and we had we all had suits on and we, and, and we were fighting retribution. And yep. we took off those suits and we walked out. Oh, that. that was, that was it. Moment. That was that the was moment. Everybody moment. was like, yeah. what? Because we didn't even know, like, we didn't know if y'all was heels, faces, none of that. It didn't, didn't matter. matter. It didn't matter at that point. That was just like, yo. Of everything that <laughs> happened in the Thunderdome or in the whatever, in the COVID era, yeah. that was the moment where it felt like like time and space ripped open and there was a live crowd there reacting to it. Yeah, right? Right. Because that, like everybody watching that could feel in that moment, like, holy shit, these guys are over as hell yeah. right now. Nothing else matters. This yeah. is the purest feeling of wrestling, you know, of, of yeah. like the, the crowd reaction right here. Sure. So what, did you guys feel that when it was happening? Like, this is the moment, it, like there's something happening right now? We did because it, it was, it, when we were going down there, we we did, we had no plan. Um, and we were in suits and everything. So we were like, we're supposed to go fight these guys in suits. And then you know how it is. Everything's yeah. so rush, 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 yeah. rush. <laughs> we went down there. We all stood there for a second. And we was like, no, let's go get these guys. And, we taking <laughs> and it was kind of like that Superman peeling the, peeling the suit off. Because Retribution was running chest. through everybody at that time. Killing people. Just, just smoking people. Yeah. And then y'all just, 
you know, it was almost like, I, I forgot who was running Raw at that time, but it was almost like they made the deal with the devil when it was like, yo, y'all want, yeah. want us to take care of this problem? Let's take care <laughs> right. of this problem. Yeah. And then just the slow, it's, it's the little things, bro. We always talk about on the show. It's the little things that make pro wrestling so fun. And just the slow taking off the jacket and the suit and the tie was like, oh, these guys. Yeah. And and the, and and the the even the picture when I look back at the picture the picture you can hear it like you said you can hear the audience with the picture the picture I posted it on on Instagram and that's just walking down you see me peeling and we're all just like focused straight mm -hmm. forward and we're just like pulling <laughs> off we're like it's like the uh oh here it goes oh yeah fight's Hell about yeah. to go down so like uh, you mentioned you know you've you've never felt better physically. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like anybody who's been a fan of yours has followed you for a while. It's like, you've always been a man of very few words, but not lately. You know what I'm saying? Like, you've had you've had talk, you've had mouthpieces before, you've had guys like Leo, you've had MVP who kind of, you know, was was the guy talking for you. But A couple of times, yeah. A couple of times, <laughs> yes. But the the past few, uh, with with Kofi and now with Goldberg, it was. It always hits it better when it's coming from you. You know what I'm saying? Like when you told MVP, like, "Yo, it's time to stop the bullshit." Everybody was like, "All right, this dude means business now." And I feel like with your character, it's really hit another level because I think now you're speaking for yourself and people are seeing your personality more. You know, and you know, even just looking in the camera and saying, "Goldberg, you're not next. You're done." just hits so differently than it would have coming out of MVP or coming out of Leo Rush. You know what I'm saying? Like. How much do you think your comfortability in who you are as a character now is leading towards like that confidence that you're showing now? I think I think I'm somewhere being honest. Yeah. I think I'm somewhere around a seven out of a ten as far as bringing myself out. Okay. And and I said that because yesterday I'm still I'm still in a character. I said um, I think I think what I think the time where my career is really going to explode is when I come out. A little bit more and it's starting to i mean i talked to you at the beginning yeah, as yeah. far as social media and everything like that because i've always been a person that was in a military background my dad was mm -hmm. a drill sergeant and um i was a little loner kid that just worked my ass off all the time to get different places so and we were always shut up and trained shut up and trained just put in the work you don't have to put in the mouth put in the work so um it's taking a little bit of time of just kind of opening open myself and 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 letting people in on who i am I think some of the podcasts that I've done and and some of the interviews that I'm doing moving forward, you're starting to see a little bit more of me. And I think um, I'm not a part of this generation, so that's kind of we, a hard we thing to do. A little, a little <laughs> I was like, I am not going to go and dance on Instagram, what you told me to do. So I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I was like, yo, you need to hit one of these on the grass. Like, yo, I'm not doing that. But I have that, to. I have to. Yeah. I have to because these because it's me. You know, it's me sometimes. But I think. Um, I think I kind of hold myself back a little bit. But as far as the character, I feel comfortable with my character. I feel comfortable because I do have do two sides. I have a side of I'm a dad. I have my kids. I have two girls, two little girls. So I have that side of me. But I've been fighting for a long time. And when I was fighting MMA, I flipped that switch. So there is a different side of me. There's that kind of like that, that I don't want to say angry, but... Little, I mean, you can say it like that, I've, I've, I've felt it sometimes. Like, yeah, I felt moments like coming back after segments, and like I felt like the real Bobby come out, where it's like, yo, I I never want like when you see that look when he's like really feeling the way about something, mm -hmm. you don't want to see that look. You know what I'm saying? And I've seen that with you, you know. And I feel like I don't think the world has gotten this. They're starting to see a little bit of it now, 
But like when they really get to see it, it's like, oh yeah, this dude is one of the most dangerous dudes on the planet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we we get what's going on here, but like, put on some gloves, get in the, get in the I, I, I consider myself passively aggressive <laughs> in, in, a, in a physical way. <laughs> Definitely. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. People always talk, when people talk about The Rock, you know, the story is always about him coming out as like Rocky Maivia and how they, they, they booked him the wrong way and it took the... He's not the only one with that story. You have a little bit of that story, right? I mean, what do you think it was at the beginning, early parts of your career when you're just sort of a fresh-faced, you know, collegiate athlete, you know, whatever? Like, do you think that that they were hitting the wrong beats with the character they were giving you or was it just like you trying to find yourself in the in the process? Like, what, what do you... what do you Both. Yeah, I think I think both because <clears throat> when when you originally bring somebody and you never talk to me, you just bring me up and you see me. When you saw me in, in OVW, um, they immediately build me as, and I think Booker grabbed me on this that Mr. T, I bring you the fool. That's that's <laughs> that's what they wanted at me. I'm like yeah. that, and it wasn't me. But I tell you, one person. This is one of the one of the greatest experiences of my career was when I was in OVW. Um, we were running the shows down there. So we had our weekly show in OVW and we had um, Simon Dean, uh, Al Snow. Uh, there was a couple of different trainers that came in and they brought Paul Heyman down to start writing our show for a little while. Mm -hmm. So Paul Heyman, you know how Sensei, Paul goes. Yes. And he starts walking, <laughs> he just looks at the roster and he's like, oh, okay, let me see who, who they're going to use and stuff. Paul Heyman called me up one day and he said, let's go get a bite to eat. We went to Denny's and we sat down and ate for four hours and it seemed like it was like 30 minutes you know if you go to sit down with paul oh yeah you can just go <laughs> so we sat down and we talked and we talked and we, everything just came out and he just asked me just casual questions and we were just talking later later on i found out that that paul his his reasoning was how can i write for you if i don't even know who you are 
And then when he started doing that, he started writing more for me. And when I was doing the stuff in OVW, he was like, you know, Bobby's a man of few words. I'm not a guy that grabbed the microphone and cut this long promo. If I have a problem with you, I just come up and tell you. You know, if I have a problem with you in a club, I'm not going to come over there. Oh, I'm going to kick your butt. I'm going to say, hey, man, put your hands in your pockets. You're threatening me. Kind of one of those things. It's, it's that subtle um, person as opposed to, I want to go and fight you. It's like, look, you're threatening me. And then if it gets to that point, then, you know, my mood changes. And when my mood changes, then danger happens. So that's what Paul was looking at me as a character. But moving up to the Raw and SmackDown, everything like that, you got to turn the volume up. So that's what I'm kind of working on right now is just kind of turning the volume up. But I think that the, I think Vince and the writers kind of get me a little bit more now because it's those subtleties. Like at the end, you know, I'm sitting back, you know, it's Bobby just just being cool. And then afterwards, you know, I grab the microphone and I say that one line and that's it. So it's been like, it's been a great run since you and MVP have gotten together. And I know you mentioned it before and just see our relationship even outside of this place. He brought the girls for you like that. You know, he's, 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 put, he's, he's sprinkled like, he's been like the parsley to, to Bobby Lashley, the character, right? Like it's been great, but like everything he's kind of added to you has elevated yourself to to the point where you're the WWE champion. What has the relationship with him been like off camera? Because I know you guys kick it. Y'all have had a long relationship even before here and in other worlds that aren't WWE. Like, what's your relationship like now, given everything you guys have been through for the past several years? It's cool. It's easy. He's like a brother of mine. Because me and MVP, we fight. We fight. There's there's issues where we sit there, we go back and forth. We were driving this weekend, and it's like everything's cool, and then we hit on a subject that we wanted to argue about. We argued about it, but as brothers, we kind of went right back into it. Right. We have that kind of relationship. Like um, after SummerSlam, we go to Denver. I live in Denver. We get there really early. He's going to come over and hang out with the house, at the house. He knows my kids. My kids know his kids. His kids know. Like we're family. We're we're brothers. So it's it's something a little more um, personal. I think people see that they understand the synergy between us. Like it, it makes sense and it feels right. So, and I always told MVP, I said, um, my, one of my favorite quotes is you, sometimes you have to believe in somebody else's belief in you. And, and for that character, it works for what we're doing because it was like me, Cedric and Sheldon, you know, we all had a huge potential to do big things in the business, but we didn't get that opportunity. And it was like MVP came out there and forced that out of us. And that's how they won the tag titles. I went to the United States title and then went to the world title. So everything kind of like fits together and it, and it makes sense. Let me ask you about the working out, the preparation. You talked about going to a bodybuilding gym before this, obviously huge MMA background huge, you know, collegiate and Olympic wrestling background. You I mean, there's parts of everything in here, but when you, I was, I was going back through watching a lot of tape, watching a lot of your matches that I love. Uh, Drew McIntyre, obviously Dean Ambrose, now John Moxley, this is some, uh, Finn Balor, Braun Strowman, just some of my favorite matches that you've had, even in this run. How do you prepare for all, for a different opponent, because on Sunday it's it's Goldberg, unlike anybody you've probably ever been in the ring with, for a lot of different reasons, right? I don't want to. I, I I was gonna say I don't want to pull back the curtain. I do want to pull back the curtain. When you get on the microphone, you can talk about how you prepare for somebody differently. But how do you actually prepare for different sizes, different shapes, different work styles? Like how how does how do you as an athlete get ready for a big match like that with someone new? Someone asked me about that when I trained for fights. And they said, how do you train for a different fighter? It's the same thing. And I always say the same thing. It's me. I train me. 
I don't worry about them. They're just, they're just, they're the supporting cast. Goldberg's a supporting cast because everybody asked me that before. They said, are you ready for that two-minute Goldberg match or that five-minute Goldberg match? <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. I'm the champ. <laughs> we're going we're to do the Bobby Lashley match. I mean, I can take Goldberg into deep waters and drown him. I mean, it doesn't matter how good a shape he's in. It just It's just me, how long I want to beat him up. So we can do a 20-minute match, 30-minute match, 40-minute match, because I can do it. It doesn't. He doesn't have to be there. He just has to be a body ready for me. So that's how I go into training. I always train the same. I train at high levels. Of course, somebody like Braun, you may put a little bit more calories in as you're moving forward into it because Braun's a big boy, and he's going to do a lot of power stuff. And then somebody like a Finn Balor, you got to be able to move. So my cardio, I might ramp my cardio up. Somebody like Drew, you got to do both. You know, so um, I do little adjustments in my workouts, but nothing really big. Um, and then, and then with this wrestling business, you got to know your opponents. You got to study your opponents. And I've been doing it for a long time. I know everybody, so I can just go in there and dance with anybody at any point in time. It's a prolonged ass whooping. He said <laughs> he had him on MSGPM the other day. He was like, "It's not going to be no two minute sprint. It's going to be a prolonged ass whooping for Bill Goldberg." Um, Bob, we, we got a uh, you know, I know you got a lot of a lot of things you want to check off your checklist, and you're you're doing them in real time. You know, what I'm saying like, what else is out there? You know, like if you if you went to WrestleMania as champion, you're taking all Hall of Famers. You had a great run with the with the group, um, you know. You got you, you, and you're doing it with your friends. You know, I know that's really important in this business. Um, is there anybody out there that you're seeing that you're like, you know what? I got I got to dance with this dude before before it's all said and done. I was begging Taker the other day. I saw him. Really? We were down there. I was like, man, you got one more match. Really? He's like, oh, brother. <laughs> uh, I was like, come on, take. I'm going all the way oh, up. Oh, man. And, yeah. I, and I told him. And then and then yesterday I did a podcast with Devon and a really cool thing that I'm trying to do. Love Devon. And I, and, I, and I do want to throw this out with you guys also just to get the word out. But I did with Devon and Devon was saying the same thing. And I was like, Devon, are you calling me out? Because it sounds like you're calling me out. I said, Devon, I love it. I could be that guy. I said, I love to bring people out for retirement and so I can just put them right back into retirement. <laughs> I mean, Booker, come on, Devon, come yeah. on, Taker, come on. You know, I, I want to do that with some of these guys. But you know, everybody knows the, everybody knows um, the whole Brock story. Brock's always been there. People have always compared me and Brock. I have no idea what that. So there's no real why, answer to why, that why question. Why hasn't that happened yet? That has been even 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 leading up to SummerSlam. There was a lot of folks saying mm -hmm. like, "Yo, we want that Brock versus Bobby." You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, I know it's not on you because I know you you've openly said how how bad you want it. I'm here. What's what what's the hold? Up? I know he's probably gonna listen to this, or his his people's gonna listen to this, or his people's people's gonna get this to him. Like, what is stopping the Brock Lesnar Bobby Lashley super fight? Um. Brock, I, I I don't know, I don't know. No one knows. I, I I asked Vince one time, and um, his answer was was a little confusing. Um, it wasn't a, it wasn't a direct answer. He just got oh, nah, yeah, yeah, we got this, this, this. So we kind of like brush it off, and it's like, are you not telling me something because you're telling me something, or or what is it? Right now, I mean, we're going, we're running into WrestleMania. We're coming into Survivor Series and the Rumble and everything going down the road. Who do I have for Mania? 
Is Big E going to come try to cash in that briefcase? He better not cash it in in a weasel way. I was about to say, like, that, he's going to cash guy. it in on me. That's my guy. He better bring that thing and put it right in my face, not a coward, and say, hey, we want that match. I love that matchup. Drew's a possibility. I mean, right now, the cool thing about it is that Raw is so stacked right now. And some of the guys are just like, on a rise really, really fast. Then you have legends that are there. You have your Randy Orange, your AJs. You have Seamus. Drew's still there. Riddle's looking phenomenal. Arch, um, Damian Priest is looking really good. Um, Keith Lee is looking really good. All these guys are moving up, and then we're going to still have the shakeup with the rosters. We don't know who's going to go where. So there's a lot of big things and big matchups that I can do leading forward. I don't know if they're going to bring people back. Um, I try to talk to the people that are there in the locker room when I come in. JBL, I won my United States title from yes. him the first time. <laughs> so I was like, JBL, you coming? Oh, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> you know, Booker, Booker, all those guys that keep trying to pull these guys out of retirement. Yeah. Man, just come get one more match. Kurt, come on. I mean, all of these different guys yeah. I would love to have matches with. I've had matches with them before, but it's different now. It's different now. It's so, a, you um, know, so you're in a, you're in a different level than you were back then. Yeah. So That's great. Booker, so, and in the, do you watch that Booker um, documentary? they did and he's yes, just like on sitting Andy. on the couch in a tank top his arms look huge i'm just like he's got one more match man he's, he's got, got it he's got, he's he's got, got, got it they all do. texas like he looks great oh, yeah. like, he looks he looks in better shape than like 90 percent of the roster you know? like, so. he, he, no dog i'm just gonna play golf man come on come on man what's your relationship like with vince it's it's good it's good i think my relationship there's so many people that have like pushed me you know you got to be in vince's office every day I'm not that guy. I don't do it. Um, Vince's, I have Vince's number. I can talk to him anytime. I can go to his office anytime. Open door policy. When I come in, he gives me a big hug. Vince loves me. He loves me because he, I think Vince sees kind of, he understands me. Um, Vince, is, Vince is that hard worker like, like me. He sees that in me. Um, he knows that he can send me anywhere around the world. I'm not going to get in trouble. I'm always going to represent the company really well. I'm always going to do the right thing. She put me on stage. I'm always going to be in great shape. I'm always going to be ready for matches. I'm that guy. I'm that military guy that you can use for your company and, and be around. And I think Vince respects that and he likes that. <clears throat> so our relationship's good. Like he said, so many people always tell me, you got to be in there telling Vince what you got to be in there every day. And I, I just, I can't do that. I just, I feel like. It's got to feel better that you got there. I'm I'm so I'm pointing at the title without being that type of person because it feels like that's it, it's like one of those unspoken like political things where it's like you know you got to be you know you and the boss got to be and you've got it straight up through like no nah, I'm just gonna outwork everybody and you know you I'm just gonna be undeniable and eventually you're gonna have to give me my due and that's where it's at now and you do see some people where they're there all the time politic and they have something new and then they end up on pay per views with no feuds and all these different things and it's like how are these guys jumping up there. Because they're constantly in there. And, and that's a good thing. <clears throat> it's a good thing and a bad thing. I think it's a good thing because Vince, Vince will even say it himself. He says, I know you want it if you're in here bugging me. But at the same time, I think he knows that I want it without going in there bugging him because that's not me. I'm not going to beg for something. If you don't think that I have it, then you're not going to put me there. If you think that I have it, you're going to put me there. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do everything that I can when I get there. So. Yeah, when I, I'm working on a, a documentary project with a guy, the director, famous guy has never watched wrestling before this thing. And the craziest moment was when he was just like trying to understand and he, he, got this, he had this eureka moment where he was like, I thought this wasn't a competition, but it's more of a competition than anything else. Oh yeah, and absolutely. When you, and when you, and, and the, what you just said, Kaz, 
to earn that without politicking. You know, that's like the most pure achievement possible. Like, because you earned it, you got the approval of the of the crowd, of everybody backstage, of all of your coworkers. Like, you're the like you earned that championship belt in a way that few people can say that they did. It's got to feel great. Yeah, absolutely. And it is a competition. I mean, if you went through the roster of the guys that did not have the title and said. Bobby's right over there. If you go over there and punch him in his face, I'm giving the title. <laughs> Regardless of the ass whooping you'll take afterwards, <laughs> if you just go and punch him in the face, we will give you that title. Yeah. I guarantee you probably everybody in that roster would just run and then either take off or just yeah. say, all right, but they're going to get it. That's how cutthroat it is. I mean, <clears throat> I hate to think this, but you got to think that it happens. Some of the guys have fake profiles that kind of like – you know, put those little, accounts. Yeah, they put those negative <laughs> things the on you. Stuff, yeah. They they do it. That's why I I'm never on social media. I do my Instagram. I post stuff every once in a while, but I'm not one that is in under every comment and fighting people that I don't. I I just don't do that. That's just not me. So I just work. It took a long time to get here. I mean, I've been in the wrestling business for 17 years now, and I mean, if I would have got it earlier, it wouldn't have meant as much. We got to get out. We got to let you go. Thank you so much for doing this. Before we do let you go, though, well, I, we, I, we could ask you what's going to happen in your match on Saturday. But do you have any other match? Is there another match that you can't wait to see on Saturday besides the one that you're in? This is a stacked card. Yeah. And, and I like going back to the women every once in a while, too. Yeah. Um, I really like what the women are doing. They're, they're on fire. Um, but, of course, Roman Roman's on top of his game, man. There's no denying. That's why, I mean, if you put, your, if you put Roman's name in your mouth, that means you're, you're talking about greatness of this business right now. Mm -hmm. And him and Cena, you know Roman's going to keep firing through. At least I would think so. But um, it's going to be a really cool match to see just for the fans and everybody else. Is Cena going to come out and win that one more to get up there with Flair? and so, Or is it just going to be Roman um, continuing his rise? Also, Edge Edge and Seth, that's going to be an amazing match also. Bianca and Sasha, I mean, there's so many matches that are going to be cool on the tag matches. I think I think this card is, is definitely almost a – it's Vegas, so it's almost a um, WrestleMania card. It could be a WrestleMania card yeah. the way that it's set up. I mean, there's a couple of people that are left out, but if you put a couple more matches in there, it would definitely be a WrestleMania card. You you mentioned, and one one last quick thing before we get out of here, you mentioned Cena. You know what I'm saying? He's back around here. I know we talked about on MSGPM, but you guys kind of came in around the, same, around the same time, you know what I mean? Or kind of rose at the same time and we're in the mid-2000s, you know, and he's... He's, he's got a different perspective on life, too, and, and what he's bringing in with everything he's accomplished outside of the ring and inside of the ring. What's it been like kind of having him back on the road, you know what I mean, doing 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 the towns, you know what I'm saying, not just doing TV, <laughs> you know what I mean, not just doing dark matches, like just got to be around there as John Cena, this megastar also. And not just, you know, he's a megastar, but this is a guy that you kind of came up with and, and broke in with at the same sort of time. So what's that relationship been like? Well, Cena was up a little bit before me. He was up a few years before I got in. The cool thing about him, and it brought me back to when I first started, he's one of those guys that'll sit in front of the monitor and the matches come out. He'll come over and talk to people. And I was like, man, it's good to see that. I haven't seen that very much lately. Um, and, and it's not one of those things where he's like, you need to do this, you need to do this. He has a different perspective on things. And if anybody knows how to play with that crowd, it's Cena. And it's little things. It's very little things. He even came to me and I said, man, thank you. Because as um, we're all professionals here in the locker room. So when we watch the matches, there's certain things that 
I see that Seth could do, or Seth sees that Roman can do, or you know anybody. And a lot of times people keep it quiet. Cena's like, no, because we got to let each other know so the show is better. So it's cool to see him go out and start doing that. And maybe I'll give the give a little bit more nudge for some of the other guys to kind of help each other out. Because ultimately, yes, we want to be the number one person on the show. But if we can help somebody else out, then we all make more money. And I think Cena, Cena has that old school mentality of that, making more money by helping everyone out. Let's do it. Let's get out of here. Thank you so much for doing this, man. Bobby Champ. Lashley. Yes, yes. The so almighty much, <laughs> WWE champion. Uh, we'll see you wrestle Goldberg at SummerSlam on Saturday. Good luck, man. Good luck. We'll see hey, you back here ass, soon, man. too. <laughs> Bring that belt with you next time you come back. That'll yes, be great. Sir. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, guys. That was Bobby Lashley. Kaz. Yeah. Do you want to? Uh, do you want to do some plugs on the you way? You know, out? I'm doing some plugs. Uh, say less with Kaz, Lucky, and Rosie every Monday wherever you get uh, your podcast from, and on YouTube.com/slash Kazim. You can check me out on MSGPM. We're on a summer break right now, so it's kind of great that we're in Vegas. So I could be like, oh, I don't gotta, you know, do MSG, but I could come here and like have a fake summer vacation and watch some wrestling. So. We'll be back, though, September 3rd, MSGPM. Um, myself, Monica McNutt, the wonderful Monica McNutt, um, my co-host. And uh, I think that's all. I think that's all I'm plugging this week. You can find me here. You can find me on the press box sometimes. But we're doing a lot of stuff here, as you guys well know. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. We will be discussing AEW tomorrow. Yes, we will. There's a little event that we might want to uh, that We're we we going to touch on some things. And, and man... These Roman quotes, too. I think we should follow up on that. Let's talk about Roman first thing tomorrow. Um, It'll be a lot, yeah. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Apologies, as always, to John Moxley. We'll see you back here tomorrow, humanoids. Tony Schiavone here on the Masked Man Show. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Masked Man Show. 